am self-proclaimed the most curious person on the planet. Seriously, no one asks more questions than me. I like to know everything. I like to learn and grow. I like to hear people's stories and figure out my own journey. And I find the best way to do that is to ask questions. So for today's show, you at home are asking the questions and we here at World Girls Headquarters are attempting to give the best answers we can. That being said, we are just three girls who have lived a lot of life, are not judgmental, and consider ourselves to be pretty decent humans. We have no medical degrees, so bro, you should really consult your doctor for some of the questions you sent in to us. If it burns when you pee, it's probably an issue. Anyway, welcome to Bitch Out of Water, a show about trying new things. And today we are trying our first ever podcast AMA episode. I'm Roxy, here to answer all your questions about having a dead parent, being single in your 30s, or being obsessed with work to a possibly unhealthy extent. This is Steph Sabra, as a spiritual goddess, ex-D1 athlete, and dater of dickheads, she's got you covered all over the map. What's up, Steph? My resume is untouchable. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. Listen, we have some overlaps on the Venn diagram. Certainly, some of your some of your uh ohs are major uh ohs of mine too. Usually, not having the same uh ohs. We have Darina, our very own witch, who's worked everywhere from Google to the music industry, and now spreads sex positivity and political transparency. Hey, D. What a beautiful way to put that. Political transparency is all we are looking for, aren't we all? That's the thing about you is that you really don't push any agendas you just want people to know what is true like th- these are the facts this is what's happening and do with that what you will yes stop watching or looking at fake news all we need is healthcare. well we need a little more than that but <laughs> that would be really nice that's a good start yeah and healthcare that we don't have to pay an arm and a leg for and, and we can still pay our rent and have health care that would be beautiful But those aren't the questions that we're answering today. Today, we're answering your questions. So let's get to them. Darina, do you want to hit us with our first one? I would love to, Roxy. Here we have Thinker, who's asking, how do you choose your podcast topics and how do you prepare them? So we kind of give it a whirl every single week, but we we every (laughs) like we switch it up a lot of the times. It's whatever the vibe is. If we're inspired by something that week, then we're like, we should do a podcast on that. But a lot of the times we'll just be like, take a few minutes to discuss what we want to do. And it always has to do with something that we're excited to talk about or else we don't want to talk about. So it's finding what we're excited to talk about or finding what we think would be helpful or informative to you all and then doing that. And then from there, we prepare what gets Darina Randy baby, which is a Google Doc. And we kind of do a rundown and then go live with the patrons and then edit it from there. This is from CAD and they say, what was the one film or song that made you a fan of music or movies? Love all you bosses. This is the most challenging question that anybody can be asked because all I ever wanted to do was be in the entertainment industry. So realistically, my answer is probably something like, Barney you know like what was the first thing that I saw where I was like oh wow I love this stuff I mean whatever the first thing that was put in front of me 
was the first thing that made me know I love movies and and I love music. But the things that I remember really altering the course of my movie and music journey for for movies, the first time I saw Monster was the first time I felt like I knew what kind of actress I wanted to be. And that was with Charlize Theron and she was such a beautiful human and you don't see one ounce of that in Monster. And I remember thinking, wow, we've I had seen so many men do that before, but watching this girl do that, I just thought, I want to do that. I want to completely transform into something else, somebody else. That's part of the the journey that I want. It doesn't have to be a serial killer, but just really losing yourself in something. So that for movies and then for music, I think that the first, my favorite band of all time, which is the Red Hot Chili Peppers, is probably the first band that I ever listened to where I felt like listening to music was part of who I was. You know, when you would go home and you would put on music and that would change your mood or the course of your day because you were listening to that band. And that's probably the reason I still love them the most, even though I think that there are other bands that I have grown to appreciate their current music more or even their entire uh, discography. Is that the right word, dude? Discography? Yeah. Yes, Rox. They still are like my first true love. Dude, your answers are great. And I love Monster and I love how much you love Monster and music. Just really frowned at the Barney answer. <laughs> and I just want the audience to know that I did not watch Barney along with Roxy and Steck because I am much older and I hated it. And I wanted to punch the dinosaur because I grew up with Animaniacs. I genuinely thought when I said Barney, Dee was going to kick me out of the world, girls. <laughs> <laughs> she looked at me like, the, how dare you assault my soul like that? Fine, maybe she'll like this question better. All right, coming from dance. Is it better to avoid dating someone who has very different or opposing ideological and religious beliefs? Dee, what do you think? Such a interesting question because I I wonder if we all have different answers here, but I think that different beliefs is okay to a certain extent. Like if I am, you know, I think that we should all have universal healthcare and the person that I'm dating thinks that they should, you know, we should pay a little bit for healthcare. Like there's like somewhere in the middle or they're, or they're a little bit more to the right on that than me fiscally and things like that. That's like something you can talk about and it actually pushes you to learn how to compromise. And I think those are conversations that politicians should actually be having, which they don't because they just perform theater. However, if one of your ideologies is that you literally hate a group of people, then that's a problem, right? <laughs> like if I'm Mexican and somebody thinks that it's okay for Trump to say that my people are murderers and rapists, I don't think I can date that person, right? So it just depends on how opposing these beliefs are. I do think that most of the time, ideological beliefs in general are not extremist. So I think it is actually important to date people that think differently than you. I think it's important for me to surround myself with friends where we don't agree on everything, right? I am much more to the left than Roxy and Steph, even though they're in the left somewhere, right? So like we, it, it's good to talk about these things and reach an agreement because no one person thinks the same. And so I think it's cool to push each other to figure out how to live together in a community. And if we don't uh, date each other that way, and if we don't have friends that think differently than us, we're just going to be living in an echo chamber. Yeah, I would just add that 
to me, I have certain bound. I want people who challenge me and who are can be different, but there are certain boundaries that are absolutely non-negotiable. Does your belief system harm others? Meaning, do you not believe the Holocaust happened? Do you not believe Black Lives Matter? Do you not believe in pro-choice? Those things non-negotiable. We we can't have a loving relationship if that's how you view the world. The reason for that, Steph, is because those are facts. You know, those are facts. So if you if you don't believe in facts, then that's an issue. I'm completely aligned with both of you guys on this one. We also have Kate, who's asking a fun question here and says, which vacation with your family did you think would be awful but ended up all right? Okay, so I'm in the Bahamas with my entire extended family when I'm seven years old. It is my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, my grandparents. I think that we went for their 50th wedding anniversary, my grandparents, or some big event, and we're all there. And the first day that we get there, every single person but me gets food poisoning. Every person. Food poisoning out on their ass. Like everybody is stuck in their rooms puking. And I was a really picky eater at the time. So whatever they ate, I did not. And I'm feeling like a champ. But I'm like, this vacation is going to suck. I have nobody to play with. All my cousins are sick. All my aunts and uncles are sick. My parents, I can't even be in the room. It smells like puke so bad. So I just started wandering because we were at this place called Club Med, which was very safe and like all inclusive. And my parents were like, go, go young child, (laughs) be free. And I ended up joining this like trapeze school and... I, at seven, got to do the the trapeze. And somebody, I was, they, obviously there's a big net underneath you, but I, they were teaching me how to do the trapeze. I mean, I wasn't actually doing any of the work. They were just grabbing me from one thing to the other, but it ended up being the sickest experience ever because I thought because my family was so sick, it was going to suck, but really I had a much better time than I would have with my family. It was rad. I love that, dude. You you being a picky eater paid off. For sure. So be picky. <laughs> Sometimes. This is from Feed or Fede to our, uh, my favorite Mexican in the world, Jarina. Uh, favorite Mexican movie and Mexican dish? Well, let's start with dish because that's easier. I will always, my favorite food, if I know I'm going to die tomorrow, I will want tacos, the carne asada, asada tacos, specifically Mexicali style, northern Mexico style. And these two girls know because I took them to that restaurant and they're obsessed just as I am. Uh, Additionally, like an actual dish, like a prepared dish, uh, mole, like mole poblano, the chicken covered in that delicious chocolatey dark sauce that you get the sweet and the spicy if it's done well, it's amazing. I could eat that every day. Uh, when it comes to movies, I it's hard for me to pick one, but I'll literally go with my three favorite directors. Uh, and that's obviously uh, Guillermo del Toro, Pan's Labyrinth. It's a, one of the most beautiful movies ever made. And uh, it's both a Spanish and a Mexican co-production, but it's a gorgeous dark fairy tale it just it looks so beautiful it explores the horrors of war like it's just such a great movie and and, and beautiful story and then Iñárritu who did Birdman back in the day I knew him as a director of Amores Perros 
And that's a movie from the 2000s that's about loyalty and it's all of these intersecting stories all because of a car crash in Mexico City. If you guys haven't seen it, it's really cool. It stars Gael Garcia Bernal. Uh, so that's another Gael Garcia Bernal movie that we love. And I think the ladies love here too. Y tu mamá también. That's from obviously Alfonso Cuaron, one of my favorite directors of all time. It is a super cool, sexy movie where the sex scenes are actually uh, graphic, but in service to the plot. It's a bummer how every time D speaks, I know how poorly I've been pronouncing everything my whole life. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like, I thought it was Inaritu. <laughs> <laughs> that's what a lot of people think so i'm really close is what i'm saying yeah really almost there just remember the accents on the a Iñarritu. it's just exactly what i said d <laughs> coming from mike do you have any more unique or interesting travel stories or roommate stories that's a shout out to our previous podcast seeing if we have anything else yeah i wanted to dig deep on one that i didn't share <laughs> This is uh, me taking the word interesting into a weird place, but it's definitely unique. Here we go. So I lived with my boyfriend at the time and my best friend. My boyfriend and I shared a room and then my best friend had a room and we lived in an apartment for all of nine months together before this man had an absolute breakdown and lost his shit and it all started one night it was like a really stressful week he was going on a trip a work trip and of course there were so many red flags like the fact that he was staying with his quote-unquote best girlfriend in San Francisco but anytime I asked any questions about it I got responses like why are like you don't trust me you don't trust me like no, I just don't want to know where the fuck you're staying, dude, because you're going to be gone for a week. Like, my bad. So we kind of were, like, bickering at each other. And mid-bicker, he gets a FaceTime, and me and him are in the living room, and he picks up the FaceTime. It's his best friend, who I have now known for four years, so now a friend of mine, basically. And he points the camera to me, and he says, this is why you don't get a girlfriend. And I was like, are you in, are you kidding me? And then he said, you're not in this conversation, which is wild because you just put me in the conversation. So now my best friend who's in the other room, never, ever like, we didn't beef, we, me and him didn't fight a lot. So it's not like she would have had opportunities to get in the middle of it, but she never did. She really minded her business. But this one time that was so fucking trifling. So she said, you put her in the conversation. She is in the conversation. And that was the beginning and the end of his flip switching the fuck off. This guy flipped out, like sped outside the door, left the apartment. And then like 20 minutes comes back into the house, cussing up a storm. You fucking bitches. I can't believe you would let her talk to me like that. And then he said, I'm sorry I'm laughing. This is so messed up. Mind you, my best friend is bi, openly bi, very queer. And she, and he says, you fucking, 
I don't know if I can say it. It rhymes with maggots. You can say it's just a word so that you, you're not calling anybody a fag, but you said they said fag. Yeah, he called us faggots and I like the room just stopped and went silent. And like he he had never cussed at me before. He had never said anything. And all of a sudden he was using a homophobic slur to my queer friend and say, like now in this paranoid, insane state of mind made this like thing up in his head that I was dating her and now like that's why she intervened and I was like this is the most insane thing ever she literally packed her bags that night and dipped the fuck out as I would have man oh my god wild it's like checking all the boxes insane dating story insane roommate story you then had to leave so insane travel story i mean you really talk about answering the question truly mike there you go thanks for your question and thanks for that story steph we also have chris here who says a question for roxy regarding the topic of the dpc the dead parents club how do you accept your other family members moving on my dad has had a girlfriend and I'm overall okay with him dating, but a part of me deep down still views my parents as being my mom and dad. It's just hard because I miss my mom and all my life growing up, I pretty much viewed them as almost one singular pair of parents. I don't have any doubt about the love my dad felt or feels for my mother, but something deep down just kind of digs at me. I think that we actually have it much easier than kids of divorced parents in this particular regard, not in general, but because that person's dead, they're dead. You know, it's not like your dad chose somebody else over your mom or didn't want to be with your mom. He had one option and it was to move on because the other person's dead. So I totally feel what you're saying. I, I'm not above feeling those things. I remember when I was most recently home, my dad used to call my mom wifey. That was always his nickname for her. And w one thing led to another. And he says I misinterpreted the situation, but I don't think that I did. Whatever it is, his girlfriend, who I fucking love, his girlfriend of five years now, I thought I heard him refer to her as wifey. And I was like livid about it. There's little things that kind of will set you off because I genuinely don't have a problem with the fact that my dad has another girlfriend. It's his third girlfriend since my mom I really like this woman. I don't want my dad to be alone. And she's a great person. So I'm really glad they're together. But there will be little things like that where you, something just inside you snaps because it feels weird that he's not with your mom or th that that's what's happening. But I just remind myself, this is much fucking harder for him to be with somebody else than it is for me. So I have to be okay with what's happening. Even if he's not going to be perfect about it, even if there's going to be moments where... I'm uncomfortable. The alternative is him being alone. And when you remind yourself that, that they didn't choose somebody else, this isn't the life they wanted, this is what happened, and their only options are being with this new person or being alone. It's not being with this person or being with your mom because she's dead. So that's that's how I talk myself through it. Thanks for the question. Hopefully that helps, Chris. We have a gel who asked, Steph, what do you expect from Daredevil season two now that Punisher is here? I am so curious. Are you predicting things as you go? Are you looking things up online? Like, do you really not know what's up? No, I don't know what's up. And I am midway through season two. And it's like, good Lord, Charlie Cox, please. You don't have to be this fucking sexy. 
And then all of a sudden, Punisher comes and says, hold my fucking beer. This man. John Bernthal. Holy shit, does he make my coochie throb? Like, I can't believe it. Um, but what do I expect? I This show honestly constantly surprises me in its way of interconnecting characters in a seamless and not forced way, which a lot of superheroes movies and shows like are like, how do we interject this character in this place here, there? And it's like so forced. And this is like so seamless. So I guess like my biggest question is obviously Kingpin has to get come back. So I'm like, how do we get into reintegrated with Kingpin? Um, and does that character have anything to do with Punisher? But overall, this show fucking slaps. Love it. Thank you for your question. I was just talking to Steph about this because it's so funny that I rarely care now that there's so much superhero content out there, but I love the Netflix Marvel show so much, especially Daredevil and Jessica Jones, that I'm like, I'm so excited you're watching this. It's excellent. I'm loving it. I'm jealous of you right now that you get to experience it for the first time, man. Another question coming from Ryan, who says, has there been a place, restaurant, coffee shop, Airbnb, hotel that you've been to many times then you'll no longer go to after one bad experience or customer interaction. So uh, this is my twist on this question a little bit, but when I was younger, my brother's best friend had leukemia. He was 14, so I was 12. And he was at the Children's Hospital in Boston. And we would go visit him like three times a week. And there was a Panera downstairs at the hospital that every single time we would go to the hospital my mom and I would stop in there I would get a Panera cookie and we would go up to the hospital room and I would eat the cookie and we'd be talking whatever the day that he got out of the hospital I couldn't walk into a Panera for like fucking 10 years it was just some kind of crazy it felt like something was I was had vomit in my mouth when I would walk into a Panera and like smell the smell and like see all the stuff for it just reminded me of being at the hospital nonstop and it like just crazy body reaction to it I finally decided to go back to another Panera I think it was legit like 10 years later because I was like okay this is wild I think I'll be fine and Panera still kind of slaps (laughs) but I needed a full decade in between uh, but now I can have their cookies again, which is really good because they have excellent cookies. I need to try their cookies. I haven't had that. I've just had their bread bowls, which slap. They're not as good as Subway cookies is, as far as fast food goes, but they are pretty dank. They do cookies that are the size of your head. Oh, okay. That's That sounds pretty interesting. M&M ones, mm, really, really good. Good to know. We also have a question here from DF who says, would you still listen to Kanye's works by separating art from the artist or boycott such artists? Oh, I think we all have some different answers here, but I have experienced a lot of artists as a kid up until now that I worship their music that end up either being assholes or end up saying really stupid shit and... I'm not going to stop listening to good music. Like I, music is my passion. It is my favorite thing in the world. And it's not just when it comes to music. Like I'm sure there's, 
you know, if somebody awful like Hitler was supposed to be a good painter, I can look at a painting of his and be like, that's a good painting by a horrible human being, right? So I can definitely separate the art from the artist. It's just that uh, it's funny that you bring up Kanye because he's recently been saying so many stupid things over and over and over again that you just get tired of it. And in this week, as we're recording this podcast in LA, there were some idiot people uh, with signs that were basically Nazi people saying Kanye is right about the Jews. And so I think it's important to, as much as I can separate the artist from the art, I also think it's important to call out people, especially with big platforms like this that are celebrities, when they're amplifying anything from hate all the way to conspiracy the conspiracy theories and all this bullshit, because I think it's, you may not, a lot of people say, well, you can't take them seriously because they're not politicians or whatever, even though politicians say dumb shit as well. We should hold people accountable with their words if they have impacting platforms. So uh, just because somebody may not take them seriously, clearly these asshole Nazis did take them seriously. So I think it's important to like, you can make the distinction and still listen to the music. And I think that's fine, but also be aware that words matter and to call somebody out when they're saying stupid shit like that. I think it's a completely fair take. For me, listening to him isn't fun anymore, so I can't listen to him anymore because I, when I'm listening to him, I'm thinking about the fact that there are 15 million Jews in the world and he has 18 million followers on Instagram. And literally he has more followers than the people that he is fucking attacking in its entirety. And it's not just the Jews. He's come for so many different groups of people and it's really disgusting. So... I, I, to a certain extent, was able to listen to Kanye. Same thing with anybody else, insert blank name here. But when all you're thinking of when you're listening to their music or when you're watching their movies or their TV shows is who they are as a person, then it's not act it's not an enjoyable experience. So why would I listen anymore for me? Yeah, he's not fun for me anymore. So it's hard, like... I'm sure there'll be a time at, in a club or out the song comes on and I'll sing along because I'm in a different moment and I'm like not as focused. But when I'm in my car alone and just like vibing with music and it's like so important for my day to get going, all I can think about is like, shut the fuck up, bro. <laughs> like, just shut the fuck up. I mean, I would also recommend specifically because this was a Kanye question to listen to what Bill Burr said about him a while ago in a stand up. It actually age like fine wine and he just talks about like listen to the words coming out of this man's mouth i am a genius i am god right uh, and so it it unfortunately social media has given a lot of celebrities nowadays platforms that they didn't have before so i'm sure there's people out there that you know i've i've loved ender's game for example but orson scott card who's the author is supposed to not like queer people Right. So I I'm still going to read it because I think it's an awesome book that actually he's contradicting what he thinks about it. Right. Or similar to like people now, you know, love my nieces loving Harry Potter, but not liking J.K. Rowling. Right. So there's those. It's just that particularly like Roxy's talking about Kanye right now is just do, just really doing some awful shit, unfortunately, because of his crazy narcissism or whatever the hell's going on with him. Yeah, it's the same as like when R. Kelly comes on and I'm thinking about him 
peeing on young women and stuff. I'm like, okay, actually, this isn't fun for me, so I'll skip it. Girls, yeah. Yeah, for girls, exactly. Uh, But also equally as important, Bill Burr was at the comedy store this weekend. And you guys know my little Boston heart beats so hard for him. And he is just so fucking smart. Talk about a genius. Yeah, bro. He really, like, when people are like, comedy's dead, you can't. You can't even say anything. Watch Bill Burr do it. He does it. The way that he shut the fucking room up, like they were silent and then cackling. It's like, is it okay to laugh? I can't help it. I'm just going to belt out laughter right now. He's so good. So good, bro. This is from Robin who says, any advice on how to start in pop culture related podcasting slash hosting on my own in this one? So this is annoying but first off just start in any way just start but also when it's pop culture related podcasting and hosting uh maybe at first try to emulate any sort of podcast episodes or platforms that you like that have to do with that and then also talk about the stuff that you like like what are the things in pop culture that actually really inspire you or make you feel something because that's going to come across in your in your hosting and then second of all it's like don't get too Uh, caught up in the gear like a lot of people are like I need this gear I need this to accomplish this no you don't you know like not in this day and age like people are getting like popping off with on their iPhones you know I think like you could start by like just making little videos that you post on social media that are like a one minute rundown of a certain topic just like finding a way to just start that's like not too overwhelming you don't need a perfect show right now you don't need your like end all be all show you just need to start in it excuses excuses from everybody and I completely agree Steph if you just if you just start and take away all of those excuses and you got this D is our only world girl in her 40s. I'm going to ask you this one from Vaughn who says, dating advice for a man about to be single at 49. Word, Vaughn. Uh, Good luck to you there. I think dating is hard no matter at what age you are, but it sometimes seems harder when you're older uh, because of people's expectations. And I think we, as we become older, we become pickier ourselves too. So it's not just hard to find somebody that you like, but I I think it's hard to find people that are even dating at certain ages. I do think things are changing though. And what I always recommend, no matter what age you are, is we're not in school anymore and it's hard to meet people at work. You don't want to date people at work most of the time. So I say join clubs, like pick a hobby that you like, whether it's dancing, uh, whether it's ballroom dancing, martial arts, freaking bowling, chess, like whatever you find fun, Dungeons and Dragons, go find those clubs. Those are the best places to meet, not just romantic partners, but friends. Like when you find people in groups where you're both passionate about the same thing, that's where I think the sparks fly. I think that's the best thing to do, especially because online dating, as Roxy and Steph know, can be extremely ridiculous and hard. I would also say, the one of the positives about being older is that I'm assuming, I don't know if you have kids or not, but at least you're at a, I'm assuming at a stage in your life 
where you don't have the responsibilities of raising little kids that you can just get into a relationship with somebody that's hopefully looking for something serious. So I'm hoping that that's more pointers for you versus like if you're younger and you're not looking to settle down like a lot of men, like a, a lot of dudes aren't looking for something as serious as women when they're in their like 20s, for example. So hopefully that gives you more of a bonus than other dudes where the ladies are seeking. Really solid advice. And I'm glad that you answered it because Dee is the only one of the world girls who has a successful relationship. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you understand how to do yep. it. Yep. Leave it to her. For now, hopefully for a while. We also have Ryan here who says, are you ladies attracted to bald-headed men, women, non-binary people? I have a coworker at my new job who's bald headed and I'm completely attracted to her. Absolutely. Sexiness is found in people's energy. You know, like if someone it loves themselves and is comfortable in their own skin, no matter how they look, if they're bald, if they're non-binary, whatever their vibe is, like most of us eat that shit up. Like I really, all of my friends, like we overthink our flaws or our differences so much and all of my friends, and I'm sure so many of you listening, if you ask your friends, they are attracted to confidence and like people being com comfortable in their skin. And so it's like, it doesn't really fucking matter if you have three nipples or if you have like an extra pinky finger. Like if you're you, if you're like good with you, fuck yeah, that's sexy. I will never forget a moment between me and Steph actually, where I was looking at somebody's dating profile and Steph was like, mm -mm, not for you. And I was like, why? And she showed me that he was bald, but he was covering that he was bald in the first like five photos because he clearly wasn't comfortable or confident with being bald. It was like in covering it in ways that you didn't need to be covering it, like hand over the head kind of things where it just was clear that he wasn't comfortable in his own skin and I have dated bald men actually probably the hottest guy I ever dated was bald he's so effing sexy I have no issue with anybody being bald but I remember stuff pointing that out to me and me thinking that's so true like this man isn't just rocking being bald he's covering it in every photo that's so strange just weird just weird so I remember that yeah just be like learn to love yourself and I swear your mojo will go up. Totally. As I always say, we're all going to die, which means a lot of us are going to lose hair, get wrinkly. It's kind of dumb to not be attracted to people for who they are. This is from Skeleton. <laughs> I know Darina's going to love this. I don't even understand part of this, but here we go. Gen X libs crushed the right back then. Do you think gender theory has derailed your side? <laughs> <laughs> These questions are so funny to me because number one, what is your side? Like, I think I'm on a different sort of different side than Roxy and then Steph. We we are, as Roxy said initially, we have a Venn diagram where we agree on a lot, but it is a weird, I'm assuming this person's American to be asking that because American media has basically portrayed politics to be sports entertainment where you have to choose a side. If you guys st stop thinking about sides, we're actually gonna get somewhere, number one. Now, I'm assuming 
when Skeleton is talking about gender theory, as far as I know, gender theory started in like the 80s or 90s. And I do think that it started because they wanted to give a voice to the LGBT community and talk about people like that that do exist and have existed for so long. Now, I am a person who gets very annoyed with both conservatives and liberals. And by conservatives and liberals, I mean just the people that you think are online because there's so many different types of conservatives and there's so many different types of liberals. Specifically, the type of liberal that I get annoyed with is the one that wants to, for example, boycott Dave Chappelle, right? The ones that pick fights about what the right words that you should use are, or people that are telling me as a Latina who grew up in Mexico that I must be called Latinx and things like that. So if somebody on whatever side is telling you, you must speak this way, and if not, I'm going to try to censor you or boycott you, fuck those people. Those people to me are not real liberals. Those people to me uh, are actually this weird new group of people that didn't exist uh, before that is giving liberals a bad name. I don't think most liberal, liberals are trying to censor you for your speech. I wish that those that minority of people that are in that call themselves liberal would take a look at themselves and fight important fights. Like, for example, I don't know, abolishing ice instead of telling you how to speak. I do also think, however, it is important to follow people that are actually educated in gender studies. And so I follow people like Alok Menon, who is an incredible writer and artist who actually has read a lot of books. He studied, actually it's they, it's not he, it's they, studied in Stanford. And they're very educated people that can actually teach you about the history of gender and things like that. So seek those people out that are just trying to illuminate us and inform us on the history versus controlling your speech. Those are two very different things. Dee, what does Gen X libs crushed the right back then mean like i i don't even know what that sentence means gen x i understand that's the generation above us libs i understand it is short for libs crushed the right back then i'm assuming that by back then because it's gen x it means like the 90s but it's weird because the 80s were basically the reagan era and that's when she got kind of messed up in the U.S. Are they saying crushed as in good, like they, they did better than them or crushed as in like crushed their spirits? No, yeah, like like they won. I'm assuming he means maybe like when Bill Clinton won. Yeah, and then he was the first impeached president. <laughs> yeah, that's what's weird because I'm like that Vietnamese woman that's like, I hate all American presidents. So I don't know what this person's, uh, what Skeleton's talking about specifically, but I'm assuming it's when Bill Clinton maybe won because Gen X was kind of controlling politics back then. And now it's Gen Z. And so I do see a lot of people nowadays kind of freaked out at a lot of the stereotype of Gen Z, which is like, well, if I don't use a person's correct pronoun, I'm going to jail. Like nobody thinks that, nobody's going to jail. Like I just said, I just called a look he instead of they, and then I was like, oh, it's actually they. It's not a big deal. Like we're, we're all just learning as, as things change and we adapt. It's just that unfortunately there is an annoying minority out there that I hope people understand is not all people on the left. I feel like we need to make an abbreviation for conservatives the way that uh, people have made uh, an abbreviation for liberals because libs is it like has daggers to it 
What are we like cons? Yeah, I like that. Or serves, conserves. That's a good one. I yeah, I also think that like the right is really manipulating their base by focusing on the fact that there are people who want to identify as something that's different than the status quo that has been formulated by humans. This wasn't just like, this isn't like the way we made up gender. And now they're using that as a way to manipulate their base to say how weird people are. And it starts here. What's next? Oh, what's next? We like just allow people to exist the way they want. So if like, if that's going to influence you, then that's a bummer because that's not what that's not what it is. It's just like people have the freedom to express themselves. This is in our constitution that this side fights so hard for. And that's okay. We can be different. It's It shouldn't be so divisive. It's okay. I love an AMA episode because listen to me not have to transition this at all. Coming from Sam, thoughts on tickling? In a new relationship and want to try it, but afraid he might think I'm weird. D, thoughts? Uh, of course, Roxy and Steph would rather me answer this one. <laughs> we do not kink shame here at the world girls whatever you're into as long as it's consensual we are very sex positive and we think it's great no matter what makes you horny what makes you horny i think that in a new relationship you're going to be afraid to try things because you're just getting to know each other and you're both going to have different kinks and you're going to be into different things but as always in any relationship the most important thing is to communicate so I don't think tickling is that weird compared to a lot of people's kinks. So I think that the best thing you can do here is literally just be honest with your partner and be like, I'm really into this. This is something that really turns me on. Do you want to try it with me? Because it's something that I would like to do. I think that's the best thing you can do. If the person says yes, you're a winner. If the person says no, then then maybe you you open your relationship to being poly and trying, you know, to date other people, or maybe it's something that's really important to you. And then you know that you would like to move on to somebody that does like the things, the same things you do. Fair. We also have Glenn here who says, who has a question for Roxy, what crafting or other skill that you learned or activity that you did during your time in the Girl Scouts, would you really want to do with the other world girls for an episode? My real answer is that I would love for us to volunteer more together. I think that that's something that all three of us are really interested in. And that's what I spent the majority of my time doing in Girl Scouts. I know we're incredibly conflicted about that here because while volunteering together is something we definitely can and will do, making an episode about it is not something I think that we're particularly interested in. Um, For example, going to a homeless shelter and then filming that experience is, is not some, we've spoken about this and it's, it, it's jarring and it's off-putting and it's not the reason that we would be doing it. That's not me judging anybody who's doing that. It's not me even saying we would never do something like that. I just think it's difficult to navigate. So for an episode, my answer would be camping. I think that that would be really fun. And I am an excellent camper and we've never done that together. And the closest is that when we went on a trip together to the, I never like to say where it is, even though they all know, what can I call it D for, uh, for the sake of the woods <laughs> where did we go the desert where the alien where the aliens are so when we went to the desert that was the closest that we came but not even 
that close to camping. Like I would love to make fire with them, make s'mores, tie knots, have tents, you know, anything. That's the stuff that I'm good at and love to do. And we haven't been able to do that. And for an episode, it'd be so fun. This next question is from Leonard. What was the biggest challenge of running a new business that you weren't anticipating? All the shit. (laughs) (laughs) I think all the shit that actually this is where D really excels. So I'm very lucky that I was not anticipating, but it's like the LLC aspect of it um, or S Corp aspect of it, the taxes aspect of it. You know, the the having to pay our employees and get 1099s for them, the, all of that hurts my brain when I even speak on it because I was just like, let me grab these two kick-ass women and let's make great shows for people. And then it was like, oh, actually, there's all of this stuff that you fucking hate that's involved with running a business. And again, luckily, D is incredible at those things that I truly suck at and um, isn't Steph's strong suit either. So that was stuff that I wasn't anticipating and luckily don't have to deal with as much as Dorina does. But woof. Well, it's funny that, you know, those types of things, because I come from not entertainment, not just entertainment, but the tech world. I was kind of excited to be able to use my managerial skills and bring them into helping us organize the company. So I actually really like that stuff. I've always just really liked organizational stuff. What I am so thankful that Roxy does and I do not have to is our marketing (laughs) because she actually loves social media and she loves all these things. So, But if I had to do it, that would be really hard for me. Like I would not be on top of that at all. And so there's different things that I think we all uh, mesh really well that we excel at and things that we hate that we all kind of have to do sometimes. But I think the most challenging but fun thing has been the creative aspects, honestly. Just uh, figuring out what we're all liking, what the audience is liking, what our slates are going to be, what changes we have for the next year. It's fun but challenging. Yeah, very, very true. I feel very lucky that all three of us have completely different skill sets. I think that 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 was a honestly more of a happy coincidence than anything. We are watching a lot of companies around us fall apart. And I think one of the reasons is that some of the people are too similar. So there's a lot of challenges. Thank for the, thank you for the question, Leonard. Uh, Visual wants to know, Steph, you were born to answer this question, babe. Are you guys aware of the increase of UFO activity around the globe and what you think? AI? First of all, fuck yeah, visual. Thank you for this. Of course, we are aware of the increased UFO activity. I spent hours watching the footage and hearing the interviews from the pilots who have been seeing the increased activity and there's visual uh, visual images that they've been showing in video too. Uh, what do I think of it? I think, of course, but what I don't know is what's happening. Like, we don't know. Like, a lot of the new things that we're seeing is, like, patterns of flying and the same sort of thing through the um, Big Dipper is where they're seeing a lot of it. And I don't know what it means, right? Like, I don't know what they're trying to tell us. I don't know what they're doing. But there's something fucking happening. And, of course, there is because 
we are one planet in one galaxy amongst millions and billions like of course there's things going on so i think that what what's interesting though the part that like really fucking gets me jazzed is that they can't keep shutting us up right because now we have our own we have our phones we have people who are professional pilots these are respected people by government who are like you guys can't just keep shushing us like you can't keep calling this classified what the fuck is happening and so pentagon where are you at? The truth is out there. What are you thinking is actually going to happen here? I think that they're having serious meetings right now on whether or not they're willing to disclose anything. I think they'll give us maybe like, yeah, like maybe this might be the time where they acknowledge it. Because I don't know if they've given like an actual acknowledgement on most of these things. Like they just ignore it. They like th- like brush it under the rug. So I think like this one... This one's like pretty, like everyone was reporting on it. And, you know, they're citing like real shit. Like this isn't like, this isn't like a picture that could have been altered. This is like hundreds of pilots being like, no, we all saw this shit. Yeah. And it it did actually come out. What was it last year on 60 Minutes that they had the Navy pilots describe their encounters with these UFOs? Because they are UFOs, right? They're unidentified flying objects. Although I think they've changed the word. But I obviously some governments know and they just haven't told us. And I think they're freaking out about like, you have to tell us now with technology. You, you can't stop. You can't continue hiding this. And you are not the most powerful beings on this planet or this universe. OK, we'll wait patiently or not so patiently. Give us our fucking answers. Take me with you. We have a question here from Bobby who says, for the single ladies, is a 32 year old guy who's still a virgin an automatic thumbs down? Was this for the single ladies? Uh. But <laughs> I will say that. Even though this question wasn't for me, it's not an automatic thumbs down if I'm feeling in the mood to deflower somebody and have them start their way. But I feel like it's also kind of like charity or or providing a service. The reason I uh at this question is that I don't think my answer is completely fair here. The truth is, if you are a virgin for religious reasons, I'm not a good match for you. So I think that many people who are virgins at 32 are virgins at 32 by choice and that's my uh, for me but if you are a virgin at 32 because that's what happened in your life then that's not an automatic no so i guess it would it would take a follow-up question and definitely there are a lot of people out there who are virgins later on in life and it's because it just didn't happen for some reason. You didn't meet the right person or the right circumstance didn't present, prevent itself. You know what's way fucking worse? Being an assaulter. You know, what What I know for a fact, if you're a virgin uh, in your 30s, is that you didn't take advantage of somebody who didn't want to be with you. And that would be an automatic no. I completely retweet that entire sentiment. This next question is from Spidey. Advice for getting back in the dating scene after heartbreak. Once I'm ready, really thought they were the one. So my confidence is shot. Also, I live in LA now from listening to y'all. The dating out here is terrible. So RIP. Yes, it is. But it's not hopeless. Okay. I know a lot of people who have fallen in love and found their person. D found two people in LA. So there is definite hope. One, you kind of answered part one of my 
my advice to this. You said when you're ready. That's a huge one. You have to be patient with yourself. Don't go back into dating until you're ready. You know, I am now three and almost three and a half years out of my last relationship and I am just now ready and that's okay. And I'm really glad I gave myself that grace period because you have to learn yourself again and you have to like reflect back about what didn't work and what did work and what you want in your next partner. And once you can like focus in on what you want in your next partner, the universe will start responding with hopefully said people or person who fills those boxes that you're looking for. And then once you are ready, I would say like go to places and do things that your potential partner that you'd want would be at, right? Like I don't want to meet my man in the club because like I probably don't want a guy who's like always at the club, right? I Maybe I need to go to the library because I love like men who read books. I love reading books. I want to read with them. So like go to the places that you would find the company that you're looking for. And then don't be afraid of doing dating apps, you know, like, and don't be afraid of trying again. I tried a dating app um, and didn't last more than 12 hours about four months ago. And I just re-downloaded it now. And now I've had it for maybe like five days and it's going way better than it was. <laughs> five days. Amazing. Advice from the woman who's survived five days on the app. Babe, it feels like a lifetime. I'm actually like update. I have some good prospects right now. Listen, I went through some of the messages and I was like, these are, these people are cute, fun, flirty. Let's go Steph. Super into that question from Martin. Martin says, hi, after a year into dating, my partner developed a condition where they can't have penetrative sex. It's a medical issue and no one's fault. Happens to many women. That was in early 2021. There hasn't been a change since. How problematic is that from your point of view? Other than that, my partner is super sweet and understanding. We don't have fights about anything. I've had more serious sexual partners in my past than my current partner, Five to one, relatively. We're in our mid-30s. I live in LA. Sometimes I have to convince myself not to think about when it's weighing on me. Sometimes I don't think about it. What do you think? Thanks. I just want to let you know, Martin, that the truth on this question is, as we were looking at all of your questions, all three of us, when we read this one out loud, said, that's really tough. So I want you to know that so that you know this is not a crazy thought or question to have. I'm sure she feels the same way. It is really tough. Unfortunately, my advice would be to take it day by day and see how you're feeling and how she's feeling. You never know when this situation could change. I think if you really love somebody, you stand by them through thick and thin. And this is thin or is this thick? This is this is not easy. There are a lot of different sexual things you can do, obviously, besides penetration. Try having fun and explore those as much as you can. Learn to pleasure each other without the form of penetration. See how that goes. Maybe even see a couples therapist who specializes in sex so that they can give you tips and tricks and try to learn new things. But this is challenging, and I, I really hope for both of your sakes that you find a way 
to work your your way through this situation, which is hard to navigate. That's great advice, Roxy. Day by day, especially because we're all different and all our bodies are different every day. (laughs) Like Literally, depending on what you're going through, I've heard that women can't have penetrative sex sometimes because of something going on in their lives and that changes later on. Like You really never know what the reasons are. Um, So day by day, if you love someone, for sure, take it. You will, like Yoda. So the next one is from Tevin. And basically, Tevin described this pretty complicated scenario in which they were digging this girl that they worked with. And there was like a lot of like back and forth and kind of like confusion and finding out that she was Polly and then dating someone and then broke up with their ex and like all this back and forth and then kind of misleading Tevin and essentially ending on like Tevin wants out and wants to be able to back out of this and how how does Tevin do that Darina Yeah Tevin this is hard because it's hard to have any relationship, whether it's romantic or working, etc., if the person that you're dealing with isn't communicating with you in the di- most direct, honest way possible. So first of all, love that you were listening to our episode on polyamory and non-monogamy because I heard that's impacted a lot of people in a good way. But polyamorous or monogamous if you're not communicating with your person and if you're not being honest, it's not going to work. So you just have to tell that person that. You just have to tell her that. You just have to tell her, I really like you. I think you're awesome, but it's been so confusing and there's been so much miscommunication that I don't know how we can make an actual relationship work. Because obviously it seems like you're already turned off by the miscommunication. So sorry to you, but I think that you will hopefully find somebody that does give direct messages to you in person versus a lot of games. And I guess it sounds like I don't know if the person's playing games or not, but they're definitely not communicating properly. Thank you guys so much for all of these questions. By the way, we know that it takes a lot of vulnerability to admit that you don't have all the answers and and to ask questions like these. We also love hearing from you guys uh, how you're feeling about the podcast and the show in general. And we got a beautiful message from Lee. Darina, if you want to hit us with that message, it really... It, it touched our souls. Lee says, hey, y'all, I just wanted to thank you guys for the episode on dating an addict. It sounds like a cliche, but it really helped me and made me feel less crazy than I was made to feel. I've been in a relationship with one for three years. And as of today, I haven't heard from him for two weeks because last time I saw him, I asked him to take a drug test and he stormed off with his tail between his legs. He's been to rehab twice in the last year and likely used unnoticed the first two years. There's nothing like being sick and tired as a motivator. The advice on countering guilt with facts is golden. Thanks, Lee. We have so much love and respect and appreciation for you, Lee. Thank you for sending this to us and wish you nothing but luck and this really tough journey and battle that you're fighting right now. And and thank you to all of you guys for being supportive of one another and being supportive of us sharing our journeys also. And thank you for being a bitch out of water with us and asking your questions. We hope that our answers helped or at least entertained you. If you want to keep up with all things World Girls, go to patreon.com slash the world girls. That way you can watch our podcast tapings live, ask questions, 
see our sparkling faces, and be part of the best community on the internet. We go live on youtube.com slash theworldgirls every Wednesday and newly Monday nights. And don't forget to follow us on social media, on Twitter and TikTok at theworldgirls, and on Instagram at worldgirlswap. And since we answered your questions all show, maybe you can answer this question for us now. Are you willing to help out our little startup? If the answer is yes, here is how. Please tell your friends about us, subscribe, and leave a review. That way we continue to grow and keep the trains on the track. Remember, asking questions is the first way to begin change. So continue to be curious and stay wet, my friends. Thank you.